Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. All these things we strive for and work for and hope for and pray for, we already have those things because Jesus gave it all to us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing to teach on prayer. I've entitled this teaching, A Better Way to Pray. I have this book out on it. I call it Discipleship for Dummies because it's so simple. You just read some material where it discusses, like in this instance, it'd be talking about prayer. And then it comes back with questions and it asks you these questions. So what is the primary purpose of prayer? And it's just open for discussion and there are no right or wrong answers, but then you look up the scriptures and it'll tell you exactly what the answer to that is. And so it's just an interactive way of sharing with other people and it would really bless you. Uh, this is my third week of teaching on a better way to pray. In the first two weeks, I basically was shocking people, just talking about what prayer is not, encountering so many misconceptions that people have about prayer. And then on our program yesterday, I started talking about what prayer is. And I was basically trying to say that the primary purpose of prayer is for fellowship, relationship with God. Now, that's not the only purpose of prayer. But that's the primary purpose of prayer. And if you ever get things out of order, if you ever get to where every time you come in before God, like I've known people like this, that every time they start to pray, their voice has to just get to where it's breaking and they're crying and, oh God, and, and it has to be pleading and it has to be this impassioned thing and stuff. I'm not saying, I know that this may rub some of you the wrong way. I'm not saying this to hurt you, but I'm saying if that's the way that you are, if your whole voice changes, if you get to where you're nearly in the, you know, your voice is breaking, you're just on the verge of tears and all of these kind of things. I'm saying it in love, but that's just a hypocrite. Now, again, there might be some times that you are feeling something and that it would be appropriate to do that. But I'm saying prayer, it, it ought to be just fellowship. You know, if you come and talk to me, how would you talk to me? Do you automatically start using Elizabethan English? Do you start saying, thou knowest that all uh, this? If that's not the way you would talk to me, why do you talk to God that way? We have so many religious traditions and I'm telling you, we, we have modeled our prayer after all of these things, and I don't believe it is really connecting with God. I think I've already used this example in the very beginning, but it really bears repeating that when I first got started seeking the Lord, I knew I needed to spend time with the Lord because prior to that time, I'd just done my own thing. Now, I became aware of God, and I was aware that, man, there was so much that I was missing, and so I used prayer as a discipline. If you discipline yourself to pray an hour a day or two hours or whatever it is, and if it's a discipline, I think that's okay. But if you do it in order to say, oh God, I need you to do something, and so I'm going to pray an hour, and that will make you obligated to me. You are going to have to move in my life because I've prayed so long and I've done this. I know you probably wouldn't put it in those words, but that's exactly what many people think. They think that if they do this, then God is obligated to do that. And they use prayer 
not as a way of fellowshipping and loving the Lord and relating to Him, but they use it as something to manipulate Him, to get leverage like a pry bar and move God, and they are going to move God through their prayer. I'm telling you, that attitude is wrong. That is wrong. That is not the purpose of prayer. I believe that the primary purpose of prayer is just relationship and fellowship with God. It's just so that you get to know Him, so that you're in His presence, so that you're listening to Him. He's listening to you. You are conversing. It has to be a two-way conversation. And there's just so many people that prayer has become this religious thing. So back in the beginning, I started disciplining myself, and it wasn't easy. I remember the first time I thought, I'm going to pray an hour. I went for a long time, and I thought, man, I must be at least half an hour by now. And I looked at the clock, and I'd been less than five minutes. I mean, it was hard when I first started doing it because I was just so used to doing things my own way, thinking my own thoughts, and not being conscious of God. And, but I disciplined myself. It was good for me to just make myself focus on God. But it became a ritual. It became a legalistic thing. And I gave this testimony, I think, already, but I know that not everybody watches every single day. But one I would get up and pray like from 7 till 9 o'clock. And one time I was in the Word and I was reading. And as I was reading, I was praying. I was in communion with God. You know, I used this verse earlier out of Psalms chapter 5, verse 1, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. When you are meditating on the Lord, when your mind is focused on Him, you're reading Scripture, or you're just daydreaming, thinking about Him. God, what do you want me to do? Father, thank you for this beautiful day and things like this. And you're just meditating and thinking on God. That's prayer. And anyway, I was studying the Word, and God was speaking to me, and I was getting some great things out of it. And I looked at my watch, and it was like, uh, I don't know, it was a quarter till seven or something. It was uh, soon I was going to have to go in and spend my two hours of prayer. And when I saw that, I just thought, God, I, I know that you know what I'm thinking anyway, so I might as well say it. And I just told him, I said, Father, I'm sorry, but I get to dreading this two hours of prayer by about 645. I start dreading it. And the Lord spoke to me, and He said, Don't worry, Andrew. He says, I start dreading it at 6.30. <laughs> and you know, when I realized that, hey, God wasn't enjoying this, I wasn't enjoying this quote-unquote prayer time, I thought, if God's not enjoying it, if I'm not enjoying it, why am I doing it? And you know, I quit forcing myself to pray a certain length of time. Now again, there may be, in some cases, benefit to you setting a clock and you just forcing yourself, disciplining yourself to keep your mind stayed on the Lord and not go someplace else and do anything else. But that should be, I mean, it, it might be something you do for a brief period of time to help discipline yourself, but that certainly is not what prayer is. Prayer is not just spending certain amount of time you going through your prayer list and doing all of these things. It's about communion. It's about relationship with God. It's, and I, I've heard people call it conversational prayer, where you just talk to God. You talk to God the way you'd talk to me, with a lot more reverence, a lot more respect, a lot more faith, and all those things. But I mean, you don't change your whole personality. You don't immediately go to speak in Elizabethan English. You just talk to God. And actually, I believe, you know, the scripture over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Pray without ceasing. 
I think that there's two ways you can interpret that. One of them is that once you pray for something and you set your faith that, Father, you've provided this, and so I receive it in name of Jesus. I don't believe you ever back off of that prayer. You don't ever undo that prayer. You don't counter that prayer. You pray and you don't quit until you see the manifestation of what God has promised you. That's one way to interpret that pray without ceasing. But another way is that, you know, you can't be praying 24 hours a day, but you can be meditating, fellowshipping with the Lord in your heart 24 hours a day. I mean, 24 hours a day might be an extreme, but during my sleep, you know, this last, um, last night, I was dreaming, and I mean, in my dreams, I was talking to the Lord. And the Lord was speaking to me, and I was speaking to the Lord. I mean, in my sleep, I'm constantly thinking about the Lord. During my waking hours, I never do anything that I'm not thinking about the Lord. I am constantly in communion. I think that's one way that you can interpret this pray without ceasing. Now, I do not believe that you can have just these special times where you are shut up and you're on your knees or you are just pouring out your heart to God and you got your hands lifting, your eyes closed. You can't be doing that 24 hours a day. You can't do that while you're driving down the road. Hopefully you, you have your eyes open and you aren't just thinking about other th things. You gotta be focused on driving. I'm not saying that you can't meditate, but you can't be in this intense type of prayer all of the time. But if you look at prayer as just relationship with God and fellowship with God and keeping your mind stayed on God, and listening to Him and sharing with Him what you are thinking and, and your questions you ask. And if you're doing that, you could pray without ceasing. And I believe that that is one of the dominant ways that we need to pray. You know, I've already said some of these things at the beginning. I won't go back through all of this, but I've had people who focused on, you got to pray an hour a day, come and ask me, how many hours do you spend in prayer? And when they asked me that, the Lord just spoke to me and He said, how many hours did you spend with Jamie yesterday? Well, I spent all day with her. We were together all day long. How much time did we talk together? I don't know. I, it would be hard for me to condense it. I did other things. I wasn't just standing right there talking to her and in conversation the whole time, but we were together all day long. And even when we weren't talking, if we were sitting down and reading or something like that, we were aware of each other. If she would have needed something, if she wanted to say something, I was there listening and stuff. And I just think that for you to say, well, I spend an hour a day praying, that is a terrible prayer life because God is with you 24 hours a day. And yet you're only going to have an hour that you pray. And I suspect that during that hour, you got your prayer list you're going through. It's a monologue. You're telling God all of these things. You're begging and pleading for things that he's already accomplished. And there's not that much interaction and influence from God on your heart. But you call that a great prayer life. I tell you what, I think the person who doesn't spend any time just shut up and forced to pray with the clock going or something like this, but a person who is just in tune with the Lord and keeping his mind stayed on the Lord and he's listening and responding and you're with him all day, I think that is a much better relationship. Again, I go back and apply this to my wife. There are times that, you know, we have, I don't know, a problem between us. My wife and I get along great, but there have been times we've disagreed on things, and there's times that we need to sit down and talk things out, and we are looking at each other face to face, and it's intense, and you have those times. 
and you have other times that we're laughing and talking about things. And there's all different kinds of ways that we relate. But you know, one of the things that really blessed me when Jamie and I got together, every girl I'd ever dated prior to that time, I felt like I had to entertain them. I felt like if there was a lull in the conversation that it was a negative thing. But with Jamie, we were just so relaxed around each other. We were so one that we could drive someplace and not talk for an hour and just have an awesome time just being with each other, just sitting beside each other, just looking at each other sometimes. We didn't have to talk. We didn't have to do something. I didn't have to perform. And you know what? When I saw that, I thought, man, this is different than any other relationship I ever had with any other girl. And that's one of the things I said, man, I believe this is God. God has just put us together. And there was a unity. And anyway, I could spend a lot of time talking about that, but I believe that this is the kind of thing that God desires with us. He just wants you. He wants relationship with you. He wants fellowship with you. And we have turned prayer into something like a grocery cart where you just go up and down the aisles of heaven saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. My middle name is Moore. Gimme more. And it's just, you're always asking something. Again, I go back to the logic that I was using on our program yesterday. Adam and Eve didn't have anything to ask for. They didn't have anything to pray for. They didn't have anything to rebuke or to bind. There were no needs. And yet they met with God in the cool of the evening. And what did God make them for? Well, it says in Revelation 4:11, for thy pleasure they were and are created. That means the original purpose and still what God wants out of you is just relationship with you. He wants you. He wants time with you. Now there is a place to be asking for something. There is a place to repent of what you've done wrong. There is a place to intercede for other people, but it is not the primary place. It is not the main thing. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing, and prayer is primarily just relating to God. You know, my own personal preference, I'm not going to be able to show you a chapter and a verse that says this, but my own personal opinion is that 90% or more of our prayer life ought to be just worshiping and thanking God, loving God, telling Him how much we appreciate what He's done, reminding ourselves of His goodness, and just saying thanks. You know, there is a prayer of thanksgiving, and that is prayer. There is a prayer of praise where you're just praising God not only for what He's done, that would be thanksgiving, but you are praising Him for who He is. Just praise, talking about God, you're awesome. I love you. Thank you so much for what you've done. There ought, I believe that that ought to be the majority of your relationship with the Lord. And there's many scriptures, I believe, that go along with this. You know, the scripture says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That's the way that David prayed. And there's a lot of prayers that talk about, you know, uh, praise God in the sanctuary, praise him with the timbrel and harp, praise him with the stringed instruments and dances. There's just so many scriptures that are talking about praise and how you enter into the presence of God, which is what prayer is all about. If you aren't connecting with God, if it's just a monologue, if you're spitting out these things and saying all of these things, but if you never say over and give God an opportunity to speak to you, then I'm not sure that it's true prayer. 
Did you know that the Muslims pray, the Buddhists pray, the Hindu pray, all types of people pray, and yet I can guarantee you that is not connecting with the Lord, and I know that there's probably some people taking offense at that, but Jesus said, no man comes unto the Father, talking about God, but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man, no man, no religion, no Hindu, Buddhist, Islam, anything, nobody approaches God except through Jesus. So if you are going through these rituals, and I don't care if you're putting a mat down and praying towards Mecca five times a day, if you aren't doing it in the name of Jesus, you are not connecting with God. And there's people, there's religious Christians that even though they may be born again, they aren't any more connecting with God than the person who prays towards Mecca five times a day or whatever because you have your own thing, you're going through your own rituals, and there's no interaction with Jesus. You've got to have relationship with God. It's all about relationship with God. I had a man recently come to our Bible college, and he has built a ministry on many different things, but prayer is one of the important parts. I'm not against that. He has prayer rooms. He has prayer going 24 hours a day and doing all of these things. And he was talking about how he disciplines himself and he prays so much per day. Again, I don't know him well enough to say yay or nay, whether that's right or wrong. But I can tell you, there are many people who go through all of those motions and yet it doesn't seem to impact them. I actually had a woman. She was at one of my meetings. And this woman, we were singing, and uh, this is back before I was on television. Jamie was leading the praise and worship, and I was at the back running the sound for the thing. And she didn't know who I was because I was only on radio. And so she didn't know who I was. And she was standing right in front of me, and she had her hands up, and she was trying to praise God. But she had a little girl with her, and this little girl was trying to pull on her skirt and saying, Mama, Mama, Mama. And this girl, this woman just ignored her, and finally... The little girl just, you know, got her attention. Mama, she was pulling on her skirt, and this woman just reaches back and slaps her daughter right across the face, and she said, Shut up, kid. Can't you see I'm worshiping God? And then she goes right back to this. And you know what? She was not in communion with God. If you were in tune with God, you would never turn around and slap your kid across the face and say, Shut up, kid. I'm worshiping God. There are some people that they have their devotions and they go through their rituals and stuff and then when they get out of their devotion time, they can be as mean as a snake. They will lie and represent things. And I'm just telling you that that's, that's not pleasing to God. That's not what God wants. And I, there's so many people, again, all of these religions that pray and it's not doing them any good. They're out killing people in the name of Allah. That's not God leading them to do that and yet they are very religious. That's not God. We've got Christians that are quote-unquote religious, and it's not God. Prayer is just about relationship with God. And again, there may be a time that you need to discipline yourself and just force yourself to keep your mind. Your mind is similar to a muscle in a sense that if you never use it in a certain direction, it can atrophy. If you've never spent time in the presence of God, if you've never prayed, you may need to set a clock and just force yourself to stay in there and refuse to watch TV, refuse to listen to something else and just keep your mind stayed on the Lord. And you might need to do it to build yourself up. But I'm telling you, prayer is about a two-way relationship about 
communion with God, and if you aren't connecting with God, if you aren't hearing from Him, then it's not true prayer. You not only need to speak to Him, but you need to have Him speak to you. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And you know what? You need to be still. There was a time a few years back where I woke up and in, in my dream, I had this banner just come up that said Psalms 46.10. And it was so startling that it woke me up out of a dead sleep. And I have quoted that verse hundreds, maybe thousands of times. I should have known what it said, but it's just like I lost it for some reason. And so I got up and I went and looked up Psalms 46.10. says, Be still and know that I am God. And it was such, it was impacted me so much that that day I just decided I was going to be absolutely still. Now, I don't believe that that is limited to talking about not moving or something. I believe it can talk about just withdrawing from your daily activity and focusing on the Lord and doing things. There's a lot of ways that you could apply it. But just to make sure I didn't want to miss anything, I went out. This was in the summer. I sat on my deck in a chair, and I mean, I sat still. And I didn't even move except my eyeballs for over an hour. I was so still that I had a deer walk up and look at me right in the face. And because I wasn't moving, it just, I don't know, it came right up to me. I had chipmunks come climb up my leg and sit on my leg. And I was still. And I was just wanting to know, be still and know that I am God. And one of the things that came out of that, did you know I heard the wind blowing through the trees? The wind blows through my trees all of the time, but I was too busy to really notice, pay attention. I noticed these chipmunks. I noticed deers. I could hear birds as they flew by. You could hear their wings flapping, and I guess I could. it was always available, but I just wasn't listening for it. I, I noticed that there was thousands of ants everywhere, and I guess they were always around, but I was too busy to pay attention. One of the things that I got out of that was just to notice things that were there all along, but I was so busy, I was doing other things that I wasn't paying attention. And I mean, my awareness of everything around me just became really pronounced. And I believe that in prayer, there are times that we need to do that. And instead of just a monologue where we are talking constantly and God can't get a word in edgewise, there's times that you need to sit before the Lord and say nothing and just listen and just find out what He wants to say to you. I believe that's prayer. I believe that just sitting there and not having your mind on something else, but focusing on the Lord, God, what do you want to say? Here I am. Like Ananias in Acts chapter 9, he said, Ananias, and Ananias said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Most of you probably don't have that underlined in your Bible. But boy, God spoke that to me. And he said, how many times have I wanted to talk to you, Andrew, and you weren't there? You were someplace else. You weren't listening to me. Man, it's good just to sit there and be still and know that he's God and listen. Anyway, I'm just getting started. I got more to share, but I've got this book entitled A Better Way to Pray. Also, we've got this study guide and our CDs and DVDs. These things would really help you. I encourage you to please get hold of this. I believe that this is an area that could transform your life. So listen to our announcer. He's going to give you information about all the product and how you can get it. And I encourage you to listen and then please call or write today. We hope you enjoyed this edition of The Gospel Truth. 
Andrew would like to extend a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible for us to broadcast the message of God's unconditional love and grace all around the world. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. Andrew's teaching titled, A Better Way to Pray, is available in the Better Way to Pray package, which includes two books, A Better Way to Pray and The Believer's Authority, as well as your choice of either the CD albums or DVD albums from both teachings. This package has a catalog value of $105, but you can get it today for only $75. If you prefer, the Better Way to Pray resources are available individually as either a book, study guide, CD album, or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College is making a difference in the lives of people around the world. Karis Bible College graduate Ricky Burge has taken Andrew's teachings of discipleship evangelism and is changing the nations of Uganda, Rwanda, and South Sudan. We taught them that if you pour into your disciples in the church, your disciples will make other disciples, which will make the church grow. And some of those disciples will become shepherds. They'll be pastors in new locations. And so the churches are growing. I mean, when we were in Karamoja 2014, they started with 80 churches. Up to today, it's over 150. That is a direct result of what discipleship does. To see Ricky's full destiny story, visit awmi.net today. I want to let you know about something that very few people realize we're doing, but we are big on discipleship. And we have a program that we call DEMO. It stands for Discipleship Evangelism Missional Outreach. We are using this all around the world, but we are focusing primarily on three nations in Africa right now. And we literally have hundreds of thousands of people per week that go through this discipleship program. And we aren't just giving people a fish, but we are teaching them to fish. We are training them on how to raise their own crops, how to deal with purified water. It's just a program that's reaching a lot of people. There's a lot more information about it than what I'm able to give you here. Go check it out, our demo ministry. 
Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Jamie, and we are going to tell you about our July the 4th musical that is going to yes. be spectacular this year. It's a part of our Summer Family Bible Conference, and Jamie is one of the performers in it. Right now we sing in it. We sing traditional American songs and then we're going to have some new songs and it is called In God We Trust. It's an hour and a half of a lot of American history. It'd be great for your teenagers to hear, your mm -hmm. children to hear. Very important this day and time. And it's it's got the most American history crammed into this of anything I have ever seen. We did it last year for the first time. It's new and improved this year part of our Summer Family Bible Conference. You would love it, so make plans to join us July the 4th for our In God We Trust musical.